Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Well, good morning, saints. Look at your neighbor and say, you look wonderful. And before we start today, before you start today, I just want to put the QR code up there for me, please. You have the QR code in your bulletin, and you have the QR code there on the screen. And so if you're a visitor, just go ahead, put your camera on that. I like to, we like to start a journey with you. And by just, just answering a couple questions, you can get a chance to be on that journey as well with us. And so put your, you can either just text welcome to 856-651-6969, or you can just take a picture of it. Not a picture of it, but put your camera up to it, and it'll take you right to the website. And uh, for those who are here, um, those who are coming to our business meeting this Sunday, uh, this Wednesday, you'll get to see our brand new website that we just uploaded just this Friday. So that being said, we're glad you're here. Are you ready? Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready, Freddie? And they'll say, my name's not Freddie. Let me tell you a story. I love this story so much. A couple... A couple that had birthdays in the same month were excited about celebrating their birthdays. And so one day um, they were thinking, uh, we, should, we, could, sh- we should go out and celebrate. So they said, yeah, we could do that. We could celebrate. So they get into the car and they're driving down the road. And the wife says, honey, I would like to go to your favorite Chinese restaurant. And so the, the husband says, well, dear, you know what? I'm kind of feeling Mexican right now. I just, enchilada. I just, I just, I, you know, I just like to have a, oh, a quesadilla. I, I, and, uh, and the wife says, no, honey, I think, I really want Chinese. And, but the man kept on driving and said, no, honey, I really want some Mexican. And so this went back and forth and back and forth until, you know, the wife started to get upset. He said, you know, you big dope. I'm trying to get you to your favorite restaurant because I have a surprise party for you right there. Well, the man just started to laugh. Matter of fact, he didn't just laugh. He laughed so hard that it was uncontainable. He was had billy aches. It took him about five to ten minutes before he came back to the conversation. And finally he said to his wife, I'm sorry, dear, but I have a surprise party for your birthday at your favorite restaurant at the Mexican restaurant. I want you to say, what happened right there? The wife, the wife is about calling, you know, her husband a dope because she's trying to get him to his own restaurant. Communication is not flowing. She's upset. He's probably thinking, you know what? This woman's being difficult. The, the, the husband is thinking this. The wife is saying, you know what? I'm asking him. I want, I'm going to move for Mexican and He's just, uh, I'm in the mood for Chinese, like he always wants it, and he's so focused on what he wants. It's just what he wants. And all of a sudden, when they found out the truth, they started to chuckle. And these two couple were not being selfish. Actually, they were being selfless. Each one of these spouses were looking at each other to surprise them and, and was thinking about the other person. But communication wasn't taking place. Communication was not taking place. And we understand if you're going to try to surprise. When, when um, uh, my wife was surprising me for my 30th birthday, which just happened recently, just recently. I think it was 30, 30 
32, maybe 32. And so, so it's double 30, yeah. It was on my 60th birthday. And so all of a sudden she's saying, I'm going to go to work there. And I'm like, okay. And got to go to work there. All right, bring in the cash, baby. Go ahead. And then she says, oh, after the birthday, she says, hey, I'd lie to you so many times, dear, <laughs> just to keep your birthday a secret. And then I, woke, I got into the parking lot, and I figured it out in the second. That's when she wasn't very happy with me. All that work for a surprise birthday party that was a surprise, kind of. And so, yeah, the parking lot gave it away. I know people's cars. I, I, I'm a kind of observant. And, um, and so the reality is that sometimes miscommunication takes place. And so I was thinking, I, I ask a lot of questions to myself, and I was thinking, I said, God, what are the ingredients for our earthly relationships you know, the attributes that makes healthy relationships, Lord. So if I look at the horizontal, Lord, Lord, what are some of the ingredients that were going to help us have strong relationships here? And I started to say, what are, what are the things that causes relationships to grow here, God, you know, earthly, in the earthly realm? And, and then I, I started to ask myself, God, is it any difference? Is it different between what needs to happen here versus what needs to happen here? And I started to look at the correlations about our earthly relationships, some of the characteristics, some of the things that need to be in our earthly relationship as we go horizontal. And then I started to see that the same things that we need horizontal is the same characteristics or attributes that we need vertical. And this is really important because everybody wants strong relationships. Oh, they want strong relationships. But the problem is they don't want to put the time in to have a strong relationship. See, God created relationship. God created, I hope that's God. Uh, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you understand that God, that God created relationships. And one th the beautiful thing about relationships is that they can grow really, really well, but it takes two people to grow it. And you have to know it to be able to grow it. And so I want you to understand today as we talk about the five C's to healthy relationships. And what we're going to do is we're going to take to this week and next week about how this way grows. And those same things that grow this way grow this way. And so we're going to just take two C's today. And I pray that you and I will understand a deeper understanding that God is trying to communicate to you. Just like you're trying to communicate to someone that's in, that you're close to. I want you to understand something. When communication does not flow horizontally, there's usually reasons why. If our communication with God is not going upward and inward, there's usually reasons why. So if you want a good relationship with God and you want God to hear you, how many want God to hear you? And that's a very important. Why pray if, God, if, if you don't think God's hearing you? There's a lot of times people say, I'm going to pray, but I don't think God's going to hear me because, well, we're not on the same terms. Okay, then what do you need to do to get on the same terms? You see, stop using excuses because there is things that will hinder our communication. Yes, sin will hinder your communication just like when you do something wrong in a relationship. It hinders your communication. So let's learn. Let's take a journey and let's look at five C's that we're going to be looking at over the last, next two weeks. These are five C's, but they're also five choices that you and I need to really work on in having strong relationships, healthy relationships with God, with family, with friends. The first one is, everybody knows this one, right? Communication. 
How many would consider yourself a good communicator? Just raise your hand. You feel like you could say what you need to say when you need to say it. How many would say, I'm not really that good of a communicator. I need a lot of help. <laughs> I think all of us, to tell you the truth, I think all of us, determining the area of life, need a little help sometimes in communicating. Depends on the situation. Communication, commitment, closeness, collaboration or common goals, and confidence. These are five C's that you're going to see how it has to work the same way upward and outward. I'm telling you, you want a better relationship with people around you? Learn, learn these five C's over these next two weeks. If you want a better relationship with God, learn these two, five C's in these next two weeks. Put yourself there and say, okay, God, and then find which one of these five that you need more help with and go, go with the one that you need more help with. Okay, so as we take a, a process, let's look at the communication because communication is a word that's really complicated. And I don't mean to kind of put a little twist on that, but it is. Because when we deal with communication, it's just one word, but it has so many meanings. There's so many ways of, of talking about communication. Um, it has such weight to it. I mean, look at the list here. You've got passive communication. You've got passive-aggressive communication. You've got aggressive communication. You've got verbal communication. You've got nonverbal communication. You've got visual communication. You've got written communication. And you've got faulty communication. And there's more. I'm not communicating that to you. I want you to understand something. is that God wants to communicate with you. And you want to communicate with him. There's people around you that want to communicate with you. And you need to communicate with them. But it just doesn't happen. It takes intentionality. You just can't pretend that the oak tree isn't there. If you don't pay attention to the oak trees in our relationship, an oak tree represents a problem. If you don't pay attention to those problems, the oak tree only gets bigger. Someone say amen. How many been there? How many have grown a few oak trees? Huh? Yeah, I think we all have. So I want you to understand these are a lot of communication. Uh, for example here, uh, let, me, let me just uh, give you four examples of different ways and wrong communication. Okay? So a wife tells her husband she's joining the gym. Okay? She says, honey, I'm joining the gym. Well, passive communication would be this. That's nice, dear. That's nice, dear. I'm also buying a nice car, brand new, uh, I'm buying a jet. That's nice, dear. Very passive, not going to fight, no arguments. Don't want to, you know, I'm not going to make any ruffles. Just, that's nice, dear. Even though he may have an opinion, but passivity does nothing. Says nothing until they get to this one breaking point. That's the only time you get to hear that. Same situation about the woman, a wife saying to her husband, hey, I'm going to join the gym. Now, of course, a passive-aggressive communicator will say, why did you ever do that for? Did you hear that? It's asking a question, but almost making it feel like it's aggressive, but it's passive. Why would you want to do that for? That's passive-aggressive. Here's aggressive communicator in the same scenario. What a waste of money that will be, dear. You've done that before. Gee whiz, get with it, will you? Yeah. How about nonverbal communication? Do you know nonverbal communication almost goes up to 70% of what you don't say communicates more than what you do say? Non-verbal. 
Watch my verbalness, not speaking any words. That's great, dear. <laughs> Wonderful. I could even go even better. Nonverbal would be something like this. Oh, that's great, dear. You know? You don't, you have, have you ever had your kids or anybody give you the eyes? Yeah, I'll do it. I call it the roll of the eyes. And I used to say, keep it rolling. Just do what you got to do. <laughs> How about verbal communication? Really good verbal communication. Wife comes up to her husband, honey, I want to join the gym. And they simply says, well, that's great. I'm so glad you're actually joining the gym. Maybe I'll join with you. Ah, wow. That's support. That's good verbal communication. Let's do it together. So when we talk about communication, I want you to understand. We're going to go with some. I'm laying a foundation. When we talk about communication, you need to understand that not all of us really communicate to the level that God wants us to communicate at. We think we're communicating with someone, but we're not. We're really self-centered about what we're communicating. It's really all about you. It's not about them. It's really about you. It's not even about God. You Sometimes we go to God just because we want things, not because we want to know him and we want to have a relationship with him. Like God considered Abraham and called him friend. If God calls you, you call Jesus your friend, but would he call you his friend? Think about it. It goes both ways. So let me give you five levels of of communication that happens every day in some level in our life. Here it goes. Here's the first one. The first one is cliches. You know, cliche. Uh, You know, you're in the elevator and you just say, hey, how are you? Good morning. How's the weather today? Very surface. How many have ever said a question like that to someone? You met someone, hi, how are you? Nice day, isn't it? You just pass them. These cliches are just very simple. They're, they're, they're just, you're in an elevator, and what floor? Very simple, not invasive. And people sometimes just stay on that level. They don't get any deeper. The next one is facts. Facts, that is when a person will tell you the facts. And it could be the same in a sense of the cliche. You could say, hey, boy, this is a nice day today. We haven't had a nice day like this in a long time. That could be to a total stranger. It's just talking about facts. You know, hey, uh, hey, listen, it's raining outside. You may want to open up that umbrella. Just telling them facts. It's just whatever it is. It's safe level. It's a level that you could talk to anybody, and you're not sharing anything of your heart. You're not really getting personal. It's just cliches and facts. Those are the most least levels of depth in communication. If you don't share your heart, you're never going to have a deep, deep relationship. What's the third level? Third level is this, your personal opinion. When you start to share your personal opinion, now you're opening yourself up for reflection. God wants to hear your heart. He wants your communication with him not to be, hey, God, how are you? You know, great, great day. Everything's going great, God. And sometimes we're not even honest with God. I heard people tell me all the time, Pastor, I never bring that before God because I feel that it's such a small thing. Well, let me tell you something. God wants to hear your small things. Someone say amen. And so here, the third level is your personal opinion. It's when you start to tell people who's around you your likes and your dislikes. And they may not like you. You know, I like red. I don't like red. I like green. You know? And you might have a, go to a restaurant. It's likes and dislikes. When you start saying things you like, things you don't like. The, the next one is that really where you get deep is when you start sharing, watch this now, your feelings 
how you feel. When you start to communicate someone on how you're really feeling, most people don't want to go there. They don't want to talk about their feelings. No, 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 no. Even to someone close to you, you don't want to talk to you about your feelings because they think I'm strong. I'm supposed to be strong. I love that part. One starts to get personal and starts to share frustrations and hurt and pain. And watch this. Here it goes. Ready? Confusion. Things that struggle. Now here's the last one. This is the most, one of the ones I'm going to connect later. What do you need? When you can actually talk to someone close to you, tell them what you're feeling and what you need. And it can be a lot of different things. What you really need. That's sometimes there's been times where people have just said, could you just sit next to me? During a tragic moment or during a situation, they said, could you just hold my hand? I just need you to hold my hand. You know, or, or another case I can remember is like, Pastor, could you just quote me some scripture? I just want to listen to scripture. It's what they needed at that moment. They were willing, they opened their heart to be able to say what they needed because of the present situation, the present pain, the present situation. And when you as a person can have people in your life like that, that's awesome that you can actually reveal your real feelings and your real pain and what you need. But we, as communicating to God, need to tell God our feelings. We need to tell God our frustrations. We need to tell God our pain. But we also have to tell God, God, this is what I really need. Can you help me in this area here? You need to bring, you don't go to God like he's a, a, a spiritual Santa Claus, but you're going to God because of a relationship, just like you go to, to each other as a best friend or, or someone close. You can share with that person because you know that person really cares for you, so you can say what you need to say. I love this about the definition of friendship. They see you at your worst, and they see you at your best, and they can't tell the difference. You see Relationship. It's loving someone. That's how God loves you. God loves you, but he's not want to leave you where you are. Everything that takes place is to draw you ever so close to him. Someone say, praise the Lord. So I want you to understand that building your relationship with God has to be communicating both ways. God has already communicated to you his word and his actions. So if I ask you this question... How will you respond to God's communication to you? God's always speaking. The question is, are we listening? You know, we have a tendency to listen to what we want versus what God wants. It's a big deal, and it causes so many confusion. The difference between what we want versus what God wants. I remember, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's not very easy to tell you the truth. It's very difficult. How will you respond to his sacrificial act, which he has given unto us? Because if God loved you so much that he laid his life down for you, how are you going to sacrifice and respond? You know, in my childhood, I hung around with a lot of guys and girls that were really got me into a lot of trouble with the law, got me in trouble with all kinds of things, got me kicked out of school. Just got me in a lot of trouble because I hung around with the worst crowd you can hang around with. My junior high school was really difficult. It was a rough school I went to. But I was a tough kid. And so I handled myself, you know, with all the gangs and all that junk that goes on and stuff and all the mess that goes with it. I want you to understand something, that in the midst of all that, in the midst of that, I tell people all the time, the company you keep is the food you eat. 
And you need to understand God wants to bring you around good company so you can eat good food. You need to understand that he's talking, but you have to listen to his voice. And his voice is a, is a how should I say, a journey to get to know it. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Well, how does a sheep hear his voice? Because they learn the sheep's, they learn the shepherd's voice. People sometimes have a hard time with that. So how will you respond to the obedience or, or will you respond in disobedience? Will you do things your way or will you do things God's way? Will you take the easiest path or will you stay solid to say, God, this is, this is what I know is right and this is what I'm going to do for I want to do right. Look what it says here. We all know this portion of scripture in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall, shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Someone say praise the Lord. This is God's love to you and I. This is what God's done. This is his actions of love. Verse 18, whoever believes in him will not uh, be condemned is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. That word believe is not just cognitive, that word believe is action. That word believe is the verb form to follow, to put your hands to the plow, to yield to, to obedience. It's just not the cognitive idea that, yes, it's true, because you know a lot of things that are true, but you don't do everything that's true. Amen? Come on now. Right? Do we do everything we know we're supposed to do? Come on now. We know we don't. It's a process. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a process. And so in the journey, we look at this one, Romans 5, 6, 8. You see, at just the right time, that's fulfill, fulfilling, fulfillment of Galatians 4, 4. As you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the best thing about communication is that it's what people do, not what people say. People say, people say to each other, I love you. But when it becomes when a person wants their own way, love has nothing to do with it. Now, I love you if you do what I ask you to do. I love you if you do what I want you to do. That tells me, you know, that's when I'll love you. That's conditional love. God has the agape love where he loves you no matter what. But he's not going to, he'll allow you to stay in sin, but he still loves you. Someone say amen. Still loves you. But it's up to you to now to listen to his communication and to understand that he showed his love. That's why he said it is finished. What is finished? The relationship. All we have to do is return the communication. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. This is how communication takes place. If you ever try to communicate with someone, you've got to remember something. Just because you said something doesn't mean they understand what you said. So you have a person here who is the sender. Someone say sender. And the sender has a message. Someone says message. And it goes into a receiver, which is another person. Someone say amen. So you have the person talking. They have a message. They're giving it to the other person. Now that other person has to kind of say, what are they really saying? And then they give the feedback to the person and said, did, did you mean 
How many have ever gone to a drive-thru restaurant? Come on, drive-thru. Who are you junk food junkies out there? Raise your hand. Come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pray for those guys. Pray for them. All right, so you're at a drive-thru restaurant. You know, I'm not going to mention any of them. <clears throat> and let's see. Wendy's. Uh, Wendy's. Okay, we'll, we'll pick with... We'll pick the big W. And so you're in the drive-thru restaurant, and you say, I like to have two, two hamburgers, two Cokes, and two fries. And the lady says, you want two hamburgers, two fries, and a Coke? You say, no, I want two hamburgers, two fries, and two Cokes. And all of a sudden, they say, oh, you want two hamburgers, two fries, two Cokes? Yes. Communication on the feedback, now when that person can tell you what you just said and has understanding, that's communication. Okay? Just because you're talking doesn't mean they're listening. If I said to you, hey, can you put this, um, how about this? Could you put this in your boot? Okay? And I just gave you, can you put it in your boot? You say, what? Why put that in my boot? But if I was talking to someone that was in Europe, he knew the boot would be the trunk of the car. If I said my cell was dead, you're thinking about your phone. But if I was in that country, they would think about their battery in their car. Because that's what they call a, a car battery, a cell. Cell battery, cell. And so communication words, watch this mess you up, words don't have meaning. The meaning is in the receiver. If I use a word and the person, the receiver, sees that word in a whole different way, they're going to have a whole different thought. It's only until they res- give me the feedback do communication take place. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So when we think words have meanings, it's like, and we expect everything I say, you're going to get it. Well, we live in the same culture, we're in the same realm, we're in the same atmosphere. That may be, but communication is difficult. So how does that communication work with God? Let's, God is the sender. He showed you and I how much he loved us, that he stretched out his arms and he died for you. He provided a way to him. He provided a way that your sins can be forgiven, and he is the sender of great love. And so that's his message to the world, the cross, God's love message. And we are the receiver. And when we get to see what Christ has done and all that he has done and what he's about to do, the Bible says, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, 33, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you. So what are we supposed to do? Seek God first. But how many in the world, we're always seeking all kinds of stuff. God's not first. He's second, third, fourth. But look what happened. God gave us what we needed, gave us a message. We see what he's done. And because of that, we understand it. We decide to believe your obedience, and we turn to the scriptures to know more about God. That's communication. For God so loved the world that he gave. And while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God, things that God has for those that love him. The best is yet to come. Look at your neighbor and say, the best is yet to come. So Jesus taught us to communicate to him. And when you look at the scriptures, and there's a lot of scriptures we can talk about, but communication has to happen. In Jeremiah 29, 12, it says, Then shall you call on me, and you shall go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. God wants to hear from us, but the reality is, if you ask yourself, how much time do you pray? How much time do you spend in God's presence? How much time are you talking to him? 
The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing in Colossians 5, 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. But I just want you to understand something. When we do that, when we do that, that's just bringing God into all the circumstances. It's like your best friend. God wants him to be your best friend. He wants to be your best friend, but you have to communicate back to him. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 6. He says, but when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to your father, which is in secret. And your father, which is sees you in secret, shall reward you openly. But when you pray, when you pray, he says, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard by much speaking. You know, God wants to hear from your heart. A lot of times people have a hard time praying. Pastor, I just don't know how to pray. I said, have you ever had a conversation with a friend? They said, yeah. I said, that's all you have to do with praying. It's having a conversation with God. And then when you have something you want to say to a friend, that's the same way you, have a, you, you say it to God. People always try to make prayer complicated, and it's not complicated. It's simple as ever, because if someone gets you upset, Lord knows, I know some of you, and I know when you get upset, you have plenty to say. But you can have plenty to say to God just by sharing your heart with him. Someone say amen. amen. God wants to simply to get along with God. That's why I say, if you're going to pray, don't get all rid of all distractions. Get along with God. Look what it says here in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God. Someone say the peace of God. Mm-mm-mm. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. God has given us a, pro- a promise. If communication is so important for the horizontal... It's so important for the vertical. I remember when my boys were young, and I always tried to keep communication lines open. And, and I was always, always learning because, you know, just there was always something to learn. But communication line always has to stay open because you always have to be learning in relationships. Someone say Amen. When you have this idea, it's going to be my way or the highway, there's a good understanding that your relationship's not going to go very far. Because that's not relationship, because everybody, everybody wants to be what? Heard. Amen? And when you feel like someone wants to hear what you have to say, that causes your heart to open up because they care about what you have to say. Now, they don't have to agree with you. You may tell me what's on your mind, But if it's biblically wrong, I'm not going to agree with you, but I will certainly love you. You see the difference? My love has nothing to do with my agreement with you. You got that, understand? Because Jesus still loves us even when we're in disobedience, but he's not going to leave us there. He's going to help us. He's going to sanctify sanctify us. He's going to help us to get understanding. That's what communication is all about. So once you have communication, what works good with communication is the next C. It's commitment. We don't like commitment, do we? This is one thing. Commitment is one who is dedicated to a cause or committed to an activity or a relationship. Dedicated is also, listen to this, when a person is dedicated, it is also the aspect of being restricted. What does that mean? Well, when you're dedicated to something, you're also restricted from doing other things because you're dedicated. It's, for example... 
churches at 10.30 in the morning. Um, I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you another illustration. So I'm a, I'm a scuba, 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 scuba diver. <laughs> and so um, I worked uh, in my steam engineering, steam engineering trade for many years, and I worked long hours going through school and um, having a family and doing uh, youth pastoring. And so I worked a lot. And so I, I left the house at 6.30 in the morning, came home about 11.30 at night, probably almost five days out of the week. And, um, and so life was really hectic. But in the process of that long journey of going through many years of school and working and doing life and raising kids and so forth and so on, I, um, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, my next job, I am not working Sundays. I'm not doing it. I still went to church. I worked 24 hours straight, and we had night church, and I would be in church as soon as I got out of 24 hours. And... Um, and I said to the Lord, I said, I am not working, God. I make a commitment. I am not going to do this no more. It's not good for family. It's not for this. It's not good for me and you. I am not working on Sundays. Well, I moved. God wanted me to go to another school. So I told my wife, I says, honey, I feel like I have to fulfill, you know, continue what God started in me because I was a street kid. And uh, I cheated my way through school. So God had to do a lot of work in this guy. And uh, so, so anyhow, I told her I had to go to school. I was so geographically illiterate that I asked my wife, hey, listen, God said for me to go to Missouri, but I don't really know where it is on a map. And so she took out a map for me. She says, right here, honey. I'm like, holy smoke, it's in the middle of the states. So I had to take my two kids at that time. And I had taken away from my parents. And I told my parents, I'm leaving. I'm going to finish my schooling. I'm going to Missouri. And... And uh, so we finally packed everything. And um, we get there, and I need a job. And since I'm a scuba diver, there's a giant Bass Pro right up my alley. And so I said, I'm going to go work at the Bass Pro. May I get a discount on fishing and hunting? I'm like, right, this is great. And so they offer me the scuba diving job for getting into the tank and feeding fish. You can't, I cannot tell you how excited I was. They had the biggest largemouth bath in capacity uh, in, 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 um, uh, in their tank. Um, and I, uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. Uh, huh? Captivity. Captivity. Thank you so much. I appreciate that help. And um, the largest one, and I thought, man, if I could feed all these fish, and then I could tell the people about the fish, and, you know, I'm like, and the, and the guy said, you are the perfect one for this. I'm like, I am. <laughs> God is so good. So I'm getting all ready, and I'm like, this is great. And, and he said, okay, these are going to be your days and hours. And then all of a sudden, I saw Sunday. And I said, oh, okay, okay, everything. I don't care where you want me to work. I'll work anything you want. But I got to go to church. I, I told God I am not missing church anymore. And so if you want to schedule me at 2 o'clock, I'll work until whatever time you want me to. But I said, I am, told God, I am not working, no more missing church on Sunday. And so he, he just said to me, he said, Brian, I honor that. I really do. He said, but uh, this is a tourist place, and we need you here the whole day. And I said, I'm, I can't do it. I, as much as I want this job, I can't do it. And so he said, well, okay. And so I was disappointed. I'm like, God, I'm going to keep it. But you're testing me, aren't you? I said, okay, bring it on. And so they said, we'll try to get you something else. And so they get me into another job. And uh, they wanted me to work Sundays. They even put, tried to put me in their restaurant. They wanted me to work Sundays. I ended up in the warehouse filling orders. And I said, God, this is not, my, this is not what I wanted, Lord. And, uh, but nevertheless, I kept true to that. And I'm, it's a, one of the greatest testimonies because God tested my heart. God tested my heart because the right job 
came, right after I made that agreement, Lord, I said, I am not going to skip church anymore because you are important to me and I'm not going to let my family, my family are going to see if it's important to me, then I'm going to let it seem by action because my actions speak louder than my words. And so I said, Lord, I am not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to tell my kids to go to church. I'm going to be their God no matter what. And, um, and nevertheless, when they wanted me to work Sundays, I said, no, I can't. And I just want you to let you know something. Commitment, when you stick to something, it pays off. It pays off. You know, all my kids are serving the Lord. You know, three of them are preaching. You know, and hopefully I'll get to see them preach today when I go home. Hopefully they're preaching today. And, and uh, it's, a, it's a joy to see the word of God go forward. And to see the joy of the Lord. And each one of them are just doing fantastic. And I give God the praise. But sometimes it's the challenges we as parents have to go through to be the example. Amen. Commitment is tough. But do it and see what God will do in the future. Look at this here. There's a portion of scripture that we see here in Matthew Chapter 22, verses 36, it says this. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Someone say, with all your heart. With all your soul. And with all your mind. Do you still have it? Just, just check in. Okay. This is the first and greatest commandment. And watch the second. Second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law. And all the prophets hang these two commandments. God was asking you and I to be committed to these two things in life. You have to get this. Today we live in a culture that discourages commitment. We don't want to be committed to things. We, we, want, we want to be together, but we don't want to, uh, you know, uh, we don't want to commit to each other. You know, people want to live together, but they don't want to marry. People want to um, have the benefits and the blessings, but we, we don't want to. I don't want to go to work. I was just at a store the other day, and I talked to some of the people there, and, and they were complaining to me about all the people not wanting to come into work. And so he was all complaining and stuff because no one's showing up for work because they don't feel like coming in. And I said, well, I'm glad you're here because I couldn't do this transaction without you, buddy. But the thing is, today, people want the benefits and blessings, but they don't want to be committed because commitment means I'm going to be restricted. And they think restriction's bad. It's like parking in a parking lot. Sometimes people just want to park wherever they want. And I'm like, no, you can't do that, ma'am. You can't do that, sir. And they said, why not? I said, because if everybody did that, you would be screaming because they just someone else just parked in a way that blocked you in. The lines in the parking lot are to help us, not to hurt us. The lines on a parking lot is to help everybody park in the line so that you can leave and go as you please. And people like that, but let someone go ahead and do what they want and park right behind you and block you in. You're not going to be a happy camper, are you? No, the lines are there. God wants us to commit to help us, not to hurt us. I have a saying that I teach all the time. People marry because of love, and people stay married because they choose to love. That's commitment. People really don't understand commitment today because once it gets a certain way, they just say, hey, you know what? But there is something about when you have communication taking place and commitment. Same thing this way. When we have communication with each other and commitment with each other, how relationships grow. If we get communication with God and commitment with God it's amazing how your relationship with God will thrive. Commitment 
is a simple expression to God that love, you love him and he is first. I want you to look at this portion of scripture in 923 of Luke. We'll close in a second. Because in this portion of scripture here, the, the Bible is full of all type of commitments in various aspects. Commitment to families, commitment to your neighbors, commitment to your employees, commitment to your church, commitment to your health. I mean, all these things that we speak and do, there's so many scriptures talking about commitment. Look at Luke chapter 9. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone, anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. We live in a world today that we don't want to deny ourselves from anything. And take up your cross daily. Someone say daily. Now, that's, that's, this is commitment. Jesus took up his cross, which was gruesome, was hard. They treated him terrible, but he did it because he loves you. Take up your cross daily and follow me. This is what Jesus says. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes into his glory and in the glory of his Father and of the holy angels. I want you to understand this is a, a, a portion of Scripture that's talking about commitment. God's saying, son, daughter, I want you to put your hands to the plow, and I want you to keep them there. Yeah, you live in a world that's faulty. Yeah, you live in a world that's difficult. Yeah, you live in a world that's full of disunity and all kind of stuff, and it just gets worse by the, by the generation. Yep, I understand that. But God still rules, and he still reigns no matter what. He still rules, and he still reigns no matter what. And we need to realize that God has shown commitment from heaven to us. I mean, he was all in. I'm always amazed, always amazed. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I think of all that God has done in my life, the transformation that has taken place in a guy that is least likely to be a pastor. So don't tell me your background. Don't tell me all your woes. Because your God is greater. And if you just grab hold of the one, of the master's hand, he'll make you into a masterpiece. His masterpiece. When you understand what God wants to do, his commitment and his communication has been solid. Paul the Apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this, that God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Can someone say praise the Lord? Paul also, by under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, said this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Someone say amen. amen. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a relationship. This whole thing's about a relationship. But we have to get the communication and the commitment right. If those, just those two C's, you can't follow the X three C's next week. You can't get them. You got to understand the commitment and the communication. See, a lot of times people have religion. They don't have a relationship with God. People see 
God as religion. I got to do this, do this, and I'll get favor with God. Mm. It's not a bunch of rituals. It's not a bunch of stuff to do. God's not about you doing it because you have to do it to try to get his favor. God wants your heart. Someone say my heart. God wants your heart. But if you put your heart on all kind of other things but never think about the one who really loves you, you're going to miss it. Communication is not going to flow and you're not going to go. That's why I praise God for how he changed my life. I mean, he dramatically changed my life. And I've been healed. Saved from death many times. It's amazing. I don't know why I'm still alive. I keep telling myself, God, you must have plans. But guess what? He has plans for you. Look at your own life. He has plans. But you got to listen. You got to listen to his voice. You got to know his voice. You got to be committed to his ways. Just as you want strong relationships, earthly wise, horizontally, you need to do the same things vertically. Let me just say this in closing. So many people want your relationships around you to be better. I'm going to give you, I'll give you one of the greatest tips I can give you. You put Christ at the center of your life. You put Christ where he belongs. And guess what? You put Christ where he belongs. And God will take care of all the other relationships around you. Because you've got to trust him. Amen? If you trust, you won't rust. And if you really understand what God wants to do, the best is yet to come. Can you stand to your feet? (laughs) I want to challenge you this morning, even those watching online, I want to challenge you. You know, this came in my heart, and this was not what I was going to be doing. And And it all got changed two weeks ago. And I just started asking a question. I said, God, I really want the people of God to really get closer to you and worship you and, and, and get, grab a hold of you. And I said, Lord, what's the difference between our relationships here and you? Is, is it any different? Because I, I want to ask you a question. Do you have better relationships here than you do here? This is eternity. This is going to be temporal. We put all this stuff on temple, and we miss bigger picture. Oh, there's more to come. There's more to come. So much, so much more. I don't know where you are today, but close your eyes just for a second. I just want to challenge you, challenge all of us, because when it comes to communication, none of us are there. I try to be a better communicator every single day of my life, and I'm still trying. But your communication with God, I mean, really, how much do you communicate with God? Do you want God to communicate with you? Those watching online, God loves you. But here's the question I ask for for here and for you. Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior? Have you made Jesus Christ the one, your first love, first love? That means God's more important than anything else. And it's simple to say, God, I need you. Have you done wrong? 
have you sinned? Sin separates us from God. Sin does not help us. It hurts us. The Bible says it's good for a season, but sin does not help us. And we all have sinned. Someone say all have sinned. All have sinned. And fallen short of the glory, but God. Mm. He comes in to renew us, transform us. And so right where you are, if you really want a relationship with Jesus, and watch it online, if you have not yet ever accepted Jesus as Savior, you never said, you never surrendered. Maybe it's been a long time since you've surrendered your heart to the Lord. But maybe today, today is the first day for the rest of your life. And maybe here today, today is the first day of the rest of your life. As you just close your eyes, I'm going to ask you this. Would you like Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior of your life right now? Are you ready to say, God, here I am. I'm ready to surrender my heart to the Lord. If that's you, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Yeah. That's the most way. How many, how many, you put it down. How many of you would say that I really need to help work? God, I, God, I need help in my communication with you. Raise your hand. Yeah, 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 put them down. That's only going to work. That's only going to work. It's only going to work. Maybe you online. If you need help, it's only going to work when you start communicating with God. So right now, right now, right in your own heart, just say, Father, I need you. Matter of fact, why don't you just say it out loud. Father, I need you. I can't do this by myself. I ask you to help me through your power of your Holy Spirit. I want to hear what you want to say to me. I mean, really mean it. And God starts speaking. Oh, yes, he will. I really want to hear you, Lord. As I start reading your scriptures, as I start really Learning of you, will you speak, Holy Spirit, to my heart and life and make me all that you want me to be that you've created in me. God, I pray right now that each one would commit their hearts to you. Be confident of this very thing that he which begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, let communication and commitment be the foundation of love for this relationship in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Can God, someone give some praise in the house of the Lord?